0: I don't know if any of you keep up on the latest worship music and the latest things that are released, but just in case you do, you probably want to know that Bethel dropped a new track on Friday, God of Revival. And I am so excited to share this with you because I am never up to date on the newest music, but by some fluke chance I saw earlier last week that Bethel was releasing a new, their whole album's coming out later this year, but they're releasing the title track. And I actually put a reminder on my phone on Friday so I could go on Apple Music and I could be one of the first people to listen to that song. And so I added it to the Sunday morning pre-service playlist here at Evangel as well. So Bethel dropped a new track on Friday Seems to be a new week for dropping new things. This is our State of the Church address here at Evangel this morning. We've talked about a lot of practical things about church life, and then here this morning, we're going to drop several things for you that are going to characterize some priorities for this upcoming year. So get your pen ready and hold on to your pew. You're going to want to write it all down. You'll forget some, but we'll keep reminding you, and some of this will start flowing out throughout the year in different ways. But to start, we're going to look in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, or 1 through 8, the screen says. But I've decided to add verse 9 as well. Let's read it together. This is Luke who writes Acts. He says this, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a portion of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and the cloud hid him from their sight. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, we thank you for your words And we thank you, Lord God, for a new year and for new vision and for new breath and for new moves of your spirit, Lord God. We just pray that there will be new freshness in the transformation of our lives, those of us who are journeying with you already. And we pray, Lord God, that this year we would see increase in your kingdom as well as new people come and start new journeys with you. We thank you for both of these things. And in the name of Christ, we pray together. Amen. And so, folks, this morning, this passage that we've just read together in the book of Acts... The context here is Jesus is getting ready to leave the disciples, the apostles. He's getting ready to leave them and ascend to heaven. And indeed, when we read verse 9, it said he did ascend to heaven. And he's trying to answer some of the most pressing questions that the apostles have on their mind. And the questions are this they're asking him, What now, Jesus? What next? They were selected by him. If you read through the Gospels, they traveled with him. They saw many miraculous things happen in his ministry. They ate the last supper with him. They endured the horrible tragedy of his crucifixion and his death and his burial. They were with him in the exuberance of the resurrection. And now what, Jesus, what is next after everything they've come through? Sometimes we ask a similar question about our own churches. It's been 93 years that Evangel Assembly has been a church here in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Did anyone know it's been that long? Mm -hmm. None of you here are 93 years old, I don't believe. In fact, I think I know who the oldest one in the church is, and I won't out her this morning. And she's not even 93 years old. But Evangel Assembly has been ministering in Yarmouth under this banner of the PAOC, under this name, for 93 years. And so maybe we're wondering, what next? What could we possibly do that we haven't already done in the past 93 years? Well, we're going to bring some clarity to that this morning. And we're going to talk about some of the things the Spirit of God has laid on our hearts to cast for this year and and anticipate some of the things God is going to do that we haven't even anticipated. See, the disciples, the apostles in Acts, they had an idea of what they thought was going to happen. They said, Jesus, is this the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They thought that Jesus was going to come and and maybe restore political power to them. They thought they would finally be free, perhaps, of the oppressive reign of the Roman governors and the emperors. We read when Jesus was born that Herod had all kinds of babies killed in an attempt to root out Jesus, in an attempt to root out that baby. There was all kinds of persecution, and there was all kinds of things like that that were taking place, and they were saying to Jesus, are you going to come and give us the kingdom back? And Jesus said, had a a different take on that for them. He said, the filling of the Spirit, the power that I'm talking about, it's, it's not going to be political power, he said to them. It's not going to be demonstrated by some authorized authority within society. It's not going to be evidenced by a a theocracy where the nation of Israel gets to outlay the rule of God in the land. It's not going to be about those things right now in the book of Acts, he said. And no, he didn't say these are never going to happen. He just said that it's not up to us to know the day and the time that these things are going to happen, and they're not for right now. Instead, he said, the power that they would receive would come from heaven and it would give them the ability to accomplish great things with their witnessing, with their preaching. It would help them to be effective witnesses of everything that they had just experienced over the last years with Jesus. Now it's interesting because not all of the apostles that we read about in the New Testament do we read about them also being preachers as well. I mean, we read about some sermons that Peter shared. And then we, we know that Paul regularly spoke, although Paul wasn't included in the original 12. And so we don't read about all of them having preached messages. And some of us might be here this morning thinking that this power for witnessing, this power for preaching or for, or for talking about what, what God has done in our life, it's just for those who are called to particular kinds of ministry. Pastors, of course, and maybe some key volunteers. And maybe that your role is to come and to be encouraged and and to build up by those who have those ministry gifts. But I want to encourage you this morning to think a little bit more broadly than just that. Because like the early church soon discovered, we, all of us together, we are a community of... Of witnesses, We're not a community that has preachers and teachers who do all the witnessing and all the speaking for us. No, we, you and I, we are a community of witnesses. And the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that, that Jesus speaks of in this chapter is not just for a few people, like it was perhaps in the Old Testament, for a few leaders, for a few noble people. No, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that Jesus talks about in the book of Acts is the same empowerment that the prophet Joel foretold. It is going to be for all people. It is going to be for the low class, the high class, the middle class, and we don't even know what that is in Canada right now, if you keep up with the news reports. But whatever class, it is for them. It is for slaves and for free people, we are told in the word of God, though we don't have slaves in Canada any longer, thank goodness. It is for Canadian, American, European, African. It is for all races. There is no race that is, that is exempt from the empowerment of the Spirit of God to bear witness. And it is for men and women alike. All can be empowered by the Spirit of God. All can be empowered witnesses. We are carrying on, not with something brand new here as a local church, when I tell you that we are, all of us, every single one of us are a community of empowered witnesses of what Jesus Christ has done in our life and in our church. This isn't something new here. This is something something from the, the nation of Israel that Jesus carries over and hands to the church. Prophet Isaiah says this to the nation of Israel in Isaiah 43. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And my servants, whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I have revealed and I have proclaimed, you are my witnesses. And again in Isaiah 44, the prophet carries on, Do not tremble, do not be afraid, speaking to the nation of Israel. Did I not proclaim and foretell this? You are my witnesses that there is no God besides me. There is no other rock. I know no one else. Jesus picked up this task. And in the book of Acts in chapter 13 the prophet Isaiah is quoted on this notion of being a community of witnesses again Isaiah 49:6 which is quoted in Acts 13:47 says this it is too small a thing for you my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept it is too small a thing he says I will also make you a light For the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Prophet Isaiah says to the nation of Israel through the spirit of God it is too small a thing for you just to restore the 12 tribes for you just to minister to your own people that is too small a thing for the mighty God to be able to accomplish instead he said i have in view a bigger thing the spirit of God says to the nation of Israel through the prophet Isaiah and that is picked up by Luke and put into the book, to the book of acts for the church today That is too small a thing, but you will become a light to the Gentiles. The whole world will hear. And the whole world's not going to hear just on the word of this preacher or that preacher or this evangelist or that evangelist. We, the church, have been made a community of spirit-filled, empowered witnesses to what Jesus Christ has done in our life, in our church, and in our community. And it's too small of a thing that he has done for us to hold on to it just for ourselves. It's too small of a thing for us to, to just hold gatherings for just Christians to come and revel in the goodness of God, though he is good. But it's too small of a thing for us just to gather and have luncheons with just Christians and one another. It's too small a thing for us to gather with just Christians from other churches and do great and grand things. It's too small a thing to focus on just that for each other because at the end of the day, we've been given a mandate for something bigger. We have been given a mandate to be witnesses to one another, but... Beyond one another, we have been given a mandate to be witnesses all around us. And Jesus seems to suggest in Acts eight that it's even too small a thing just to be content to be witnesses in our own little neighborhoods or on our own street blocks. Did Jesus tell the people in the book of Acts that you will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to your neighbors, period? Is that what Acts 1.8 says? He doesn't say that. He, neither does he say you will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses all across your town, period. He doesn't just say that. He says you will be my witnesses when the Spirit comes upon you and you will minister or you will witness in all Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the scope and the power of the message that we have and we have been given that message. We who walk with God, those of you gathered here this morning who can say, I walk with God, I have confessed faith in Jesus Christ, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is for you so that you can be part of the community of witnesses. And so we have a lot of work to do together as a community of witnesses. And the Holy Spirit is going to give us the power to do that together That word power in the book of Acts 1 8. That word power, I wanted to look into that to see exactly what this means in the context of the New Testament. Because we have all kinds of ideas about what power might mean in our world today. But when we look in Acts one eight, it means power. If you look in Mark, Gospel of Mark chapter 6, verse 5, that same Greek word is translated as miracle. And so that power that we receive is also the power that is present in the Spirit to work miracles. Not because of us. But because we are conduits through whom the blessing of God can flow. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, that word is translated as ability. And so we will be empowered to be witnesses. That means we will have power. The miraculous things could move through us when we lay hands on people and pray. The sick can be healed. The blind eyes can be opened. Deaf ears can be opened. That is what the Word of God tells us. We can hear from the Lord, and we can be prophetic mouthpieces for the Word of God. We can be given abilities beyond our understanding. 1 Corinthians 14, 11, same Greek word for power, dunamis, translated the meaning or the understanding. And there's great agreement across all translations of Scripture, from King James all the way to NIV and NLT on these various translations and what dunamis can mean. But in 1 Corinthians 14, it means meaning or understanding. We can go to God and we can say, Lord, I have no idea. I have no idea. Idea. And sometimes when we look around us and we see the state of things around us, I've heard people go in two different directions. They throw their hands up in the air and say, There is nothing more that we can do. Lock the doors, stay in the church, wait for the rapture. Or other people have said the rapture is going to be here any moment now. Just take us, Lord. We don't understand always what to do, it's not clear. And it's difficult sometimes, but we can pray that the Spirit of God gives us understanding, helps us to have meaning. Second Corinthians one eight, that same word dunamis is translated as strength inner emotional strength, outward physical strength. And so when we read Acts 1-8, that when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power, folks. It's not just one or two things that we need. It's the full package. When the Spirit comes on us, we will receive power. The miraculous things can flow through us. We will be given abilities that maybe we once thought we never had, or maybe maybe personality traits that we have will be elevated to, to a new level. We will be given the ability to understand things. We will have strength, and we just need to be obedient and walk in that. And so, folks, before we get to the details, which we're going to, I wanted to remind you of that, because with that in mind, that is how we're going to walk into 2020 as Evangel Assembly. We're going to walk into 2020 aware that we all of us collectively together are called to be a body of witnesses to the world around us, here, a little further away, and to the ends of the earth. And the Holy Spirit is going to empower us to be this. And so let me share with you this morning then two strategic priorities that are going to characterize 2020 here at Evangel Assembly. And there's only two this year. I've had four the last two years, but that gets hard to remember. So this year it's two, and I hope that they are easy enough to remember that they fall off of your lips all year long, because they're gonna, I'm going to do a much better job of letting them fall off of my lips, and Pastor Aaron's going to tweet them and Facebook them and Instagram them, and all the cool kids call it Insta anyway. I learned that. So if you want to impress your young folks, I'm so old now, looking at Elena, Atlanta. <laughs> compared to you, I am so old. It's Insta now, though, so if you want to be cool, call it Insta. Here are the strategic priorities, the first one for 2020, and some thoughts on how we're going to carry them out. The first one is this, priority number one, each one reach one. Now, this is a little different than some of the priorities in years prior because I can't do this by myself. Now, in years prior, one of the priorities was we're going to refresh our children's ministry on Sunday morning. Now, I gathered a small group of people, and and they gathered some more people in that umbrella, and a lot of you were involved in that. But, But this is different. This isn't just 25 of you. This is all of us. Last year, one of our strategic priorities was we're going to refresh our youth ministry. And so Ryan McKenzie and Pastor Aaron and me, we met at the library and ate salad from Jake's for lunch for like six weeks in a row on like Wednesdays or Thursdays. And we read and we prayed and we designed and then we rolled out. And so we have refreshed some of our youth things. But, but this is bigger. This is, I can't do this one on my own. We need to do this one together. So here's what this means. By the end of 2020, I want you to pick up this vision. I want you to pick up this this mission, and I want want you to, to live by this. By the end of 2020, there is at least one person in your sphere of influence that is moving closer to Christ because of your consistent influence in their life this year. Can we do that together? Can we do that together? Because, folks, each one of us is a witness to what God has done in our life. Many of us are witnesses to what God has done in this assembly over the years. And I've heard stories that I have never even heard before about the things that God has done through Evangel Assembly when I meet with people in foundations and they share testimonies and, and a little bit of the history of here. But each of us, each of us can be empowered to pass along the things that God has demonstrated in our life to other people. And so, folks, as we pick up this challenge of each one reach one this year, that by the end of 2020, every single one of us will have at least one person who is moving closer to Christ because of our consistent influence. If we do that, there's a great likelihood that that pathway closer to Christ is going to bring some of them into this building with us, into the gathering with with us. And so we're going to see that this year. There's a very great likelihood that that some that we start intentionally investing into will cross over that threshold of faith and, and at the end of the year they will say, I now have fresh faith in Jesus Christ because this one and that one and another one because they brought me. There's a likelihood that Pastor Aaron and I will get to baptize some people at the end of this year that we have not met yet people that maybe at this moment are not walking with Christ. But by the end of 2020, because of the collective spirit-empowered witness of all of us together, they will be walking more closely with God. And we can do this together, folks. But this is one that we have to do together. This isn't a new program and it's, and it's, it's, it's not even really a new initiative. This is something so fundamentally biblical. It's, it's a reactivation or a reminder of the power of the gospel in our hearts. Because, folks, if programs could save the world, we'd be done. Because we have good programs. Other churches have even greater programs. If programs saved the world, we would be done but here's what programs do, folks. Programs deliver the goodwill of Christ into our community, social service programs and community breakfasts and lunches like we participate in here at Evangel. They they are they are a part of our mission. They deliver the goodness of God and the greatness of God through us into the community and they plant seeds. Even things as amazing as what we pulled off at Christmas time with Christmas at the Mariner Center, packing out the place, standing room only, largest venue, a largest event that venue is ever hosted, and it was the church that came together and did that. Even after that event, our local churches weren't filled to capacity and the baptismal tank bursting. You know why? Because programs don't save people, but programs bring people together. Programs connect people. And when people like you and I, who have a witness of Christ in our heart, are connected with others, when we invite friends to come to Christmas at the Mariner Center, and it shatters every stereotype of church they ever thought they had, and then we invite them to continue to come back with us and to encounter our local church together, and then when we share with them the goodness of what God has done in our life, and we use wisdom not to press too hard, but not to press too lightly, that is how the gospel message travels That is how people's hearts are changed and brought in. And so that is why this year, our first priority, and I'm going to keep reminding us all year, it's this, each one reach one. We can do just one, each of us. Even just one. And some of us, you know what? We're going to find that after we intentionally pour into this for six to eight weeks, one isn't going to be enough because there's, there's too many. There's more people. But, but let's start with one. And if each one can reach one and have them moving closer to Christ by the end of 2020, that will be a phenomenal impact from this assembly on our community. And we're going to support you. As a church, one of my mandates as a pastor. Biblically, it is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and so we're going to support you in doing this. We're going to give you opportunities as we gather together to receive prayer, opportunities for the Holy Spirit to empower your life, for you to encounter the goodness of God and, and all the things that we do here so that you can minister out of that. And so let me let me drop the first announcement this morning. I know we don't usually do this, but but I've invited our Thanksgiving rally guest, Evangelist Robert Martin, to come again in October this This year, and it took him exactly 38 minutes to respond to my email to say, I'll be there. So, evangelist Robert Martin is going to be with us Thanksgiving 2020. We don't usually have repeat guests for Thanksgiving rally. We usually have diversity, but it was such a, an interesting moment here. And, and uh, I, I, just, I just wanted us to, again, to have him back. He was well-received and to see what the Lord will minister through him for us again this year. And so that was a, that was a moment where the Holy Spirit poured into us and, and, and we, were, we were touched by God and God spoke things to us. And then we minister. We minister out of that, out of the empowerment, out of the things, that God pours into our hearts at things like the Thanksgiving rally, we then go out and we minister out of that. At our district conference in the fall, Pastor Bill Gibson, uh, a, a veteran pastor in the PAOC from the West Coast, He said that what distinguishes the PAOC and other classical Pentecostal movements from the broader charismatic movement is this, that while sometimes in some churches and some places we go from evangelist to evangelist to conference to conference to soaking to soaking, classical Pentecostals get up off the floor, because sometimes we do fall down, but we get up off the floor and we walk out the door and we do something with what the Spirit of God has put in our hearts. That is who we have been from the very beginning. Classical Pentecostals didn't just get caught up with the Azusa Street experience and the Topeka, Kansas experience, but they said, and now, because of this, we can go be missionaries to the world, and we went, and we did go, and we have missionaries all over the world because of that. And so we're going to invest in our congregation spiritually and provide times and places and areas for for the Holy Spirit to empower us. We're going to give you some practical support as well. Do you remember the Easter invite list I challenged everyone to have last year. I challenged you to have an Easter invite list, a list of people that you were going to invite to join you in your local church on Easter Sunday. And as that momentum got going and I started thinking and dreaming, I think I sent 50 invites to people through face-to-face or social media, and I challenged you guys to do the same thing. Well, this year I want to challenge you to have an ongoing, running, weekly invite list. Starting very soon in your bulletins, you're going to see a little card, a little, a little bigger than the size of a business card, and it's going to be simply an invitation to come with you to Evangel Assembly, and you're going to get one every week. And I want you to do something with it. It's not a bookmark. Nope. Don't, don't let them clutter up your Bible. It's, it's not a grocery list notepad. I'm going to make sure there's enough writing on it. You can't write your groceries on it. Yep, I am. And it's, it's not something you fold into paper airplanes and fly around the sanctuary while I'm preaching. Nothing like that. You can have your other paper out of your purse for that. But these... These are for you to distribute. And you can do them in any way you like. You can bring them and give them out to someone that you are that you run into on the street. You can give them to your the person that mixes up your coffee at Tim Hortons. You can stick it on the bulletin board at Sobey's. You can give it to someone that you're really praying for and, and the time is right and say, just when you're ready, you'd, you'd love to have you and join us at Evangel Assembly. And it'll tell them the when and the where and how to get here and and all of that kind of stuff. Or or maybe you could give it to a, a Or maybe you could just stick it under someone's windshield because it's Saturday night and you haven't given it away yet and you have to get it off your hand because Pastor Nathan's going to ask what you did with it. How will they know if the word is not preached, Paul said? How will they know that we're welcoming them if we didn't stick it under their windshield wiper and give it to them? And so let the invitation open a door for each one to reach one. Now we'll have special invite cards for Easter and Mother's Day and Father's Day and we'll have general ones to just come to church with us because folks, church leaders tell me and, and some of them uh, you know a lot of them have done this a lot longer than I have, they say that a lot of people are just waiting to be asked and maybe that's true for you. Maybe you can think back to your journey before you came to church and how you ended up in church or, or in different places, but, but they say people are, are sometimes just just waiting to be asked, and that's all it takes. Let me give you two more practical announcements, and then I'll share with you the second priority this morning. Two more practical ways that we're going to help each one reach one. Two of the things, there's two, there's two pillars, or there's a couple pillars, but two of the aspects of thriving churches are, are this, Sunday morning children's ministry and, and, and worship ministry. And so we're going to embark on a project this year called Project... Kid's center in our basement of our facility, you see two years ago we re- redesigned the youth room the youth room wasn't wasn't large enough to host anything service wise or, or practical in there, and so we we took down some walls and we brought in some storage areas that that we didn't need for storage at that time, and we made a youth room, and it was fantastic. The youth are enjoying that. They hold services down there. I have held foundations in there now because it is, it's nice, and we outgrew our little spot. But here's the thing. We don't have a spot in our building for a large group of kids to gather together. And so right now, when they go downstairs for Sunday school, they set up in the main fellowship hall. And that means they have to drag out some things and chairs and TVs and they have to drag it all back. And the fellowship hall sometimes is too big and too echoey and doesn't have all kinds of great decor for kids. So in 2020, this year, we are going to give our kids ministry a home downstairs by renovating a couple of the classrooms and removing some walls. Now, you'll get all the details, but just imagine you're in the kitchen and you're looking out across the fellowship hall. All of that space over there is going to be one open space inside for kids' ministry. It's going to have the technology that they need. It's going to have the decor that they need. It's going to have everything that they need to have their own kids' ministry space dedicated just for them, and it gets better. And the board came up with this second part. This is great we're also endeavoring to find a way that that outside wall can be slidable and removable because it's no secret that we're outgrowing our fellowship hall. Thanksgiving rally. I don't know how many people know, but a bunch of us had to eat in the classroom because there were no spots left at the table, and that's just fine. We're just going to accommodate that better, and so you're going to receive in the next couple of weeks a little brochure with all the details and all the plans, and you'll see some of the work getting started already. The Children's Ministry's office is being moved. Is Becky Anthony around? No, she's downstairs. Poor Becky Anthony. I didn't get a chance to tell her we were moving the children's ministry's office until she walked in one day and half the shelves were gone. One night at BG, they didn't know where the glue sticks and the scissors were. So I had to apologize to her for that. You can tell her that, that I, I repented publicly for that. So folks, th- this is one way that I want, you to, I want your help and, and we, we need your help contributing to this throughout the year. I don't have the total amount of what this renovation is going to cost, but this is what the board and I would like to do. We would like to fundraise half of the cost from the congregation, and the other half we will contribute from surpluses in our operating fund. And so we'd like you, as you see the plans and as you catch the vision, consider if there is a financial gift that you can make toward this particular renovation. Over and above your your regular giving, you can donate it to the building fund or Kids Center. You'll see a running total in our bulletin that tracks how much is there. And so, in the next couple of weeks, we'll have the total goal amount. But here's the thing Evangel Assembly has been blessed over the years with healthy surpluses, and we are in good financial standing. And, and you'll notice at the year end papers when they come out that we've spent some of that surplus last year. And the, and the funny thing about money is, when you spend it, it's gone. It doesn't just grow back and, you know, until, we, until we give it back. So we want to make sure we remain in a healthy financial position. And so what we want to do is we want to fundraise half. And so every dollar that you contribute toward this kid center renovation will become $2 because we will match it with some of our surplus in our operating account. And so that's one of the things that we're going to do to help each one reach one. We have a new kids' center. Bring your family and your kids. Check them in in the foyer. Let them go down and let them experience the goodness of God and some of the new things that we have going on here. And there's another way. Pastor Aaron's leading the charge on this one. You're not really going to notice this one, maybe. And uh, I'm not going to ask you to help pay for this one either because you're not going to notice it, and so there'll be less incentive. But Pastor Aaron has been working on resources for our music team. And we're going to raise the bar with with what we do here on the platform on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings and then worship and prayer nights so that we can minimize distractions and minister with greater excellence so that when we are here and worshiping, we can focus on what the Word of God is speaking to our hearts and minds and what the Holy Spirit is doing and, and not on something that is malfunctioned. And so you, you probably won't notice, but you'll see, you, you'll see an, an increase in the quality We hope and you'll see some of the older technology up here being retired and being replaced by some newer technology and you'll see a few things on the platform being shifted around for practical purposes and and Pastor Aaron has some ideas for decor and the way things look too and so you'll see some shifting around uh, also throughout this year and of course that is going to be funded by the surplus in their operating account as well. And so the board is already committed to that. And Pastor Aaron's leading the charge on that. So if you want to know any more details about that, you can chat chat with Pastor Aaron. He's met with the music team already, and, and so they have an idea of what is coming up. But those are a couple of the things that we are going to do to practically help each one reach one in 2020. And so are you ready for the second priority of 2020? There's only two this year. Number two is this. Each one serve one. These, these, are, these are memorable, I hope. I mean, this, you only change one word and you get the second priority. In addition to expanding the kingdom of God or seeing the Holy Spirit expand the kingdom of God through the things that he gives us in our heart to do through the witnessing of the church. In addition to that, we want to see lifelong transformation in all of our lives. None of us has matured to the place where God says, you're good. Just stay like that. Stay the way you are. If everyone could get to where you are, it would be a happy world and a happy place. None of us are there. Absolutely not. Carrie Newhoff is a pastor in Ontario, near Toronto. He says this, we can't ignore the needs of our church members, but there's this strange paradox, he says, that's true about spiritual maturity. He said the best way to become spiritually mature is to stop focusing on our needs and to begin focusing on Christ and the needs of others. Matthew 20 says this, instead, of, instead, whoever wants to become great must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. Folks, we grow when we serve. We are not given abilities and talents practical and spiritual. We're not given these things to sit on them and to impress each other with them or to impress ourselves with them. Now the parable of the talents, and you can read that and maybe I'll preach that parable at some point this year, Matthew 25. The parable of the talents says this, as spirits, as servants of God, we are called to be productive. All of our health, and all of our finances, and all of our time, and all of our abilities come from God. And we are tasked with putting them to good use in the kingdom. Because the time is coming, the parable tells us, when the master will return to settle accounts. And it's not good enough just to say, I didn't waste what you gave with me. We want to demonstrate how what the Lord has blessed us with, we have used to benefit the kingdom. We have used to benefit and serve others around us. And so, in 2020, it's it's, it's my goal to here at Evangel Assembly. This is how we will help you. We will equip people with serving opportunities of all kinds, even new serving opportunities that we don't have already. Moving people forward in their faith is is a shallow spot in a lot of churches. We tend to put a lot of focus and emphasis on getting new people here and welcoming them and following up with them and doing starting point lunches and foundations. But then there's this shallow spot that we get into where we don't have great discipleship strategies. And so we're not firing on all cylinders in that respect here at Evangel, but we're going to try and get better this year. And here's two ways that we are going to try and get better at this this year. The first is this. We're going to try and host a weekend, Saturday and Sunday in-house conference called the Equipping Conference late in April where we're going to have a guest come and be with us. We're going to have practical workshops on how to volunteer in a variety of areas. If you're already a volunteer, there may be workshops and seminars to help practically equip you to serve better. If you're not currently serving somewhere, there's, this will be an opportunity for you to come and see what there is and to find out how you can volunteer. And I recognize that evangel that there, there are people here that are gifted by God, not just to do kids ministry and youth ministry, but there are people here that pray. There are people here that hear from God. There are people here that have prophetic gifts and we want to steward that well. And so we will have seminars and discussions about spiritual gifts and how to steward the things that God puts in our life as well. And then we will keep a keynote guest with us on Sunday, that that particular weekend, late in April on Sunday, to equip and to minister to the entire body. That'll be called the equipping conference. You'll get more information about that as it gets a little bit closer. And then finally, I'll drop one more thing before we get ready to close this morning. Serving opportunities here locally in our town, regionally in our area, but Jesus also said to the ends of the earth, And so we are going to endeavor to have a short-term missions team to Dominican Republic to visit some of our missionaries in the fall of 2020. And I can see some people are almost falling out of their pew in the back right now. This has been something that I've heard murmurs and whispers about. I think there's interest. I think it's time. We have two missionaries that we are connected with in the Dominican Republic. And so coming up soon, within the next little while, we will hold an information meeting where you can come and you can find out all of the information about this, what this would entail in terms of cost and in terms of ministry opportunities and where we would be going and what we would be doing. But we are going to endeavor that in the fall of 2020, we will release a short-term missions team to the Dominican Republic to work alongside for a period of time some of our missionaries and bring back stories. And what I have found is this, and I'll put it right out there, I'm not planning to travel this year. The team will be led not by me. I'm planning to stay home and pastor the church and raise my children. All of my missions experience was done before we had young kids, and maybe someday we'll go do it again, but right now it's a little difficult with so many young children. But missions work changes your perspective probably more than the help that you can provide the people on the field. Missions work will change you I think sometimes we think we go other places because there's great need, and there is. And we have been blessed with so much, and we have. And we go to to deliver them and to rescue them, but we come back finding out that it's our own hearts and our own passions and our own priorities that have actually been rescued and changed. My biggest takeaway from mission's work twice in the Dominican and once in Thailand is that people can have so much passion for God while having so very little at their disposal. And it brings everything into tension. It brings everything into tension when you're in a worship service and they have a shaker and one of those scrub boards that our grandmothers used to wash clothes on and something metal and something that looks like you grate cheese with and something metal, and we're just banging and dancing and singing and jumping, and, and you're in a room with 100 people that's the size of the center section. And you don't know if there's it's Spanish, English, probably praying in tongues going on as well. You have no idea what's going on, but there's a sense of the joy of the Lord is present, and, and Mandy and I have some great testimonies from being in places like that. Yeah, it's only five after 12. I'll I'll tell you a, a brief one. First mission, no, second missions trip we did was in Dominican Republic. And we hadn't told very many people at the time, but we were wanting to have children. And it wasn't looking like we were going to be able to have children. It's a laughing matter now. Yeah. And so in one of those gatherings, the pastor's wife, as we were praying for them, they were praying for us. The pastor's wife just... For, for whatever reason, the Lord drew, compelled her, and he, he put his hand on her stomach, or she, the pastor's wife, put her hand on Mandy's stomach and just started praying. And of course, they were Spanish, we were English. Um, you know, we didn't know each other's language, we didn't know anything, but we thought that was strange as we were praying, and there's just a sense of, of God in the room. And so we returned home. That was in March of 2008. We returned home from that missions trip, and then we found out Mandy's grandfather passed away. We made a quick trip to Halifax. We got back. It was just a month of everything was chaotic and up and down. In the first week of April, Mandy calls me while I'm at work to tell me that she's expecting. And in December of that year, we had Benjamin. And there's no good reasons why in the hectic month of March... That of all the things the doctors were trying that 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 Mandy would get pregnant for Benjamin except we remember that one moment in that one house church in Dominican Republic. It changes your focus, it changes your perspective when you see that God moves regardless of facility, God moves regardless of heat and lights because there was a really annoying loud generator playing on in the back just so we could have light and all the light was really doing was attracting all the things that fly. And so there were lots of really good reasons why we should have been so distracted in that moment. But missions changes people. So I'm going to ask Pastor Aaron to come back. And we're going to close this morning. But I hope that as you've heard a little bit of the vision, and the priorities, and some of the ways that we're going to walk this out in 2020. I hope that your heart is stirred. I hope that you are excited and looking forward to some of these things that we feel God has put on our heart and said, now is the time. And here's the amazing thing, folks. 2020, when we look back on this after this year, is going to include so many other amazing, fantastic milestones that we have no idea are even going to happen yet because the Spirit of God is that creative and is up to so much more than we could ever imagine. It is too small a thing, the prophet Isaiah says, for him to only accomplish what we have in our hearts. Well, we have felt a now from the Spirit of God on these things, but there will be more. The Spirit of God is active and is creative. And so, folks, we as Evangel Assembly are on a good path now. We are on a path toward health. We are on a path toward kingdom effectiveness. We are on pathway forward. And you know what? We're not firing on all cylinders yet. We, we need to do some, some fixing up on discipleship and tweaking this and tweaking that and doing things. But folks, we are on a good path right now and we are making a positive impact into our community. And so what we see in the future is this. We see Evangel Assembly being active in seeing kingdom expansion and in seeing lifelong transformation without gaps or as few gaps as we can possibly do because the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And the word of God says the time is short. And so that is why we are on this path this year. Let's stand together this morning. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for your vision, for your direction. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, I just pray that hearts this morning will be stirred with excitement and anticipation for what you are going to do in 2020, for the things you were already pointing us toward, for the endeavors in here, and out there. Lord God, empower us and equip us to reach people for you. Help us to use our programs not as ends, but as ways to connect people so that we can be the empowered witnesses that you have called us to be. Lord, help us to be able to do the things in our facility that will, that will break down the barriers and, and, the, and the reasons why people maybe are not comfortable being here so that we can minister to our kids well, so that we can minister to families well, so that we can minister in music well. And Lord, I just pray that you would help equip us with guests as we have them to help provide practical skills that you have blessed them with. And then as we leave our place in our town and as we go across the nations this fall as an assembly and we reach out into the Dominican Republic, Lord God, be with us. Stir up a passion and a desire in our hearts for that. Thank you, Jesus.